In a post-Roe America, we have a tremendous opportunity to reframe the discussion around the preciousness of human life. Today, we'll be talking to Dr. Georgia Purdom, who's a friend of mine, about the importance of teaching the rising generation that every human life is valuable, no matter what our differences are. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, welcome to the intersection of faith and culture. My name is Heidi St. John. And if you're watching this on video today, you can see that I am in between studios. So I'm here from my son's uh, studio where he is a programmer, computer programmer at his home. So uh, you're going to notice some changing backdrops for the next couple of weeks as we make the transition from one studio to the next. I'm excited to have this conversation. You guys know about my passion for human life. And my friend, Dr. Georgia Purdom, is going to be my guest on the show today. She is the VP of Educational Content for Answers in Genesis and the director of the Popular Answers for Women Conference, which I've been privileged to speak at several times, held at the Ark Encounter. She has a friend and her friend and colleague, uh, Stacia McKeever, recently authored a children's book entitled Crafted by God to help parents teach their children that every human life is valuable because we're made in the image of God. Hey, my friend, Dr. Georgia, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's great to see you. I feel like I've seen you a lot recently, which is a good thing. I know, right? You ran into me in airports. I've seen you at the Ark Encounter. You can't get rid of me. I'm like a bad penny. I keep turning up. I think I saw you in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. yeah. It's it's just it's been great though. I love I love being able to talk with you. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's, we're having a lot of fun out on the road. Things are are things kind of slow down for you a little bit. They're slowing down for me just a little bit. Um, not really. Um, no. I have a couple of weeks. Um, I'm headed out to uh, Virginia to the Heave uh, conference, and yeah. then I'm back for two weeks, and then I'm off to Australia for three weeks. So <sighs> I'll be doing a couple conferences there. I'm a little jelly of your trip to Australia. I've got I like know. three conferences left, and in between that, we're moving into the new building. So, which you've got to come out and see. Yeah. I know. I'm excited. I want to definitely come out. Oh man, you're gonna love it. All right, I want to. I want to jump into talking about your book because a. Uh, it's at it's in a box right now. It got boxed up with all my stuff in my old studio, but it is beautiful. Really, really well written. Oh, see? Yeah. So those of you who are watching on video, she's going to show it to you. Crafted by God from fertilization to birth. Right at the cover of this book, you guys jump out and you say, we don't, we don't frame the conversation that human life begins at conception. You say begins at fertilization. Why is that an important distinction? The reason it's important distinction is because um, many times the word conception has actually changed definition. So uh, conception has even been used at one point, um, even in medical dictionaries, it said basically when the the um, embryo implants in the womb. So indicating that it basically um, was not, uh, in other words, that's when it became a human being or that's right. when life started. But life started the minute that that sperm and egg united and created that zygote that is when so that's why we say from fertilization to birth because fertilization to my knowledge has not changed in definition whereas conception sometimes does and that fertilization i was talking about this on the show a few weeks ago it's amazing like there's an actual spark right a spark mm -hmm. of life when a sperm and an egg unite yeah we have a uh so here at the creation museum uh in kentucky we have a Fearfully and Wonderfully Made exhibit, which really is the most powerful pro-life exhibit that I have ever seen. Um, it is just, it is amazing. And we try to show that using this um, pepper ghost technology is what they call it. And you kind of see when the sperm and egg unite, it's just like you see this sort of blue flash, like all yeah. around 
the zygote. Um, and yeah, there's just something that causes that we don't understand completely, but it is really neat that that, that, that happens. Yeah, it's awesome. And there's there are a lot of books uh, out there, you know, for parents to talk to their kids about uh, the abortion debate in particular. But you guys have really focused on the preciousness of human life. Why did you decide to jump into this space and write this book? Well, when um, Stacia and I, when the exhibit opened here at the Creation Museum, um, we were like, people were asking us for what resources could we have for the exhibit to sell. And um, so I had asked my friend Stacia, because we're good friends as well as colleagues. And we started looking and we're like, okay, so there's, there are some books for kids um, uh, that are pro-life, but the problem is a lot of them, when they're teaching them about even the development of children, uh, they, they more or less talk about animals. <laughs> they yeah. use the animal kingdom kind of, and they don't really talk about actual human beings. And so I, we were bothered by that because we were like, hey, kids need to understand this. And we need to teach them um, that this is a baby from the moment of fertilization, even yep. though it might look different as it goes through, you know, different stages as it grows in the womb. It's still a human life that is made in the image of God from the very moment of fertilization. So that is what we really wanted to show kids. And, and we wanted to talk about other issues, too. Like we want to talk about the race issue that we're all one race because we descended from Adam and Eve. We even talk about the gender issue because we know kids are being told lies left and right by the culture. Mm. And we want them to know that you either born girl or you were born a boy. Like you're born XX or you're born XY. Now, it's not to say there aren't chromosomal abnormalities sometimes, but that does not change the gender binary as being male and female. We had a question come up about this mm. uh, at Answers in Genesis when I was there with you. And it's, if I recall right, I mean, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, because, you know, I, I'm not the doctor in the show today. But there was a woman whose her daughter, I think, had is it Turner syndrome? Yes. What can you explain to the audience what that is? Because every once in a while, people will write in and they'll say, well, what about a person who's born with, you know, two X chromosomes and maybe a third chromosome or. Right. And you you had a beautiful explanation for that. Yeah, one of the things that she was kind of concerned about was she's already getting some questions from people about that gender binary. Well, she only, so um, in Turner syndrome, the girls only have one X. They don't have two Xs. Um, they don't have a Y either, but they just have one X. And so I explained to her, I said, look, if if the child does not have a Y, they're not a guy. <laughs> That's an easy way to remember. That's a no good y, way, yeah. No guy. Yeah. Um, so they have, if they, even if they just have one X, they're still a girl. Um, cause they don't have a Y. So what is it though? What's, how does that, I mean, how, how, what happens when you just have one X? It's typically you're missing some of your reproductive organs, correct? They're just, they're reduced or they're missing. Yes. And so when she grows up, um, and especially when she hits puberty, she won't, I think this, this mother said the little girl is missing her ovaries. So she won't produce estrogen and progesterone. So she won't develop secondary sex characteristics. Um, sometimes uh, my understanding is that they will still do some of that, but they're very reduced. Um, so, but it's not like she, she totally has uh, a female reproductive system as far as what she looks like on the outside, mm -hmm. um, even if some of the things inside are missing. So she is definitely a girl because the, the thing that determines guys, so to speak, resides on the Y chromosome. It's called the SRY region. And that is that is basically what makes a male a male. Um, and so if you don't have that, you cannot be a guy. 
you have you are a girl <laughs> so what so these 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 conversations which really they're so elementary i mean to me this is the spirit of the age it's deception right yeah. because these were not conversations that we were even having 5 minutes ago but thank you to woke culture and our you know these students have been cranked out of these public universities who are trying to push the the gender binary uh, onto our students it really has become a prevalent issue in the culture. What is the best way for parents? And we we're talking about the rising generation or the teenagers that are listening to this to counter the arguments that they're hearing coming from woke ideology. Yeah. I always say we got to start with God's word. That's what we do in the book. We start with God's word and we say, how did God create us? He is our yeah. creator. Therefore he, yeah. did, he defines who we are. We don't define ourselves. God defines us. And he has, he made them man and woman, like yeah. male and female. So there, that's how it is. And, um, and even if there's some chromosomal abnormality, like people try to use that as an excuse to say, well, maybe that's why the individual is transgender, or maybe it has, you know, they're trying to find some sort of genetic reason for it. But in all the papers that I have looked at, there is no genetic reason for these things. They have never found anything for transgender um, at all or homosexuality. Because it's a lie. Yeah, I mean, it's, not- it, it's just a lie on its face. I had a there was a young man at my house the other day and, and we got into this discussion about transgenderism. He said he feels badly because Christians are treating trans people as if they don't exist. And I was like, whoa, 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 they don't exist. Like a, there's actually no right, George. I mean, there's no such right. thing as a trans person. You're either a boy right. or a girl. Right. And that's the thing is like it's a whole terminology that they're using. Like They'll say, well, what is the sex assigned at birth? And I'm like, stop saying that you're yeah. not assigned a sex at birth you are a sex they at observe birth. what they're what that doctor's doing he's just, observing the sex that yeah. you are yeah they're just observing a scientific fact basically and, and that's what i think you know as a scientist especially as a creation scientist i'm always accused of being you know unscientific and that right. i don't you know because i'm not because i don't believe in evolution in millions of years and i'm like have y'all seen what you're what you're saying like yeah. you're literally looking at this girl and saying that she's a he right. and he's a boy. And, and I'm the dumb one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm they're like, they gaslight you. Yeah. Oh, they're just so blinded by the God of this age and, and that they can't even accept basic genetic facts. And, and mm-hmm. even if like a guy has um, two X's and a Y, like that's Kleinfelter syndrome. Okay. He's still a guy because yeah, he's he a Y. A y. Right. I mean, that's an easy way to remember it is if you have a why you're a guy. Um, that is really I have to remember this from here from here on out. Yeah, because yeah. it really is. A lot of these arguments for transgenderism are hanging on these chromosomal abnormalities and people who are not trained in biology or they don't understand uh, DNA and the XX and the XY and all the things can really get tripped up on that. But it's easy to remember if you have a why then you're a guy. I love yeah. that. I love and that. And there's some even like um, there's been studies done to actually look at people that have sex chromosome abnormalities and say, okay, do they have a higher rate of being transgender? And they don't. It's like 0.8%. I think if I remember the study correctly, 0.8% of those with sex chromosome abnormalities consider themselves transgender. Wow. That's very, very low. And it's just another reason why it doesn't have another reason to say this, even in cases where you think maybe there might be a genetic reason, they have a very low prevalence of it. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before I leave today, I want to remind you guys of some events that I'm going to be speaking at in the next several weeks. June 16th and 17th, I will be in Mount Juliet, Tennessee for the Discovering the Heart of Homeschool Conference. And I can't wait for you guys to join me. Every place that I will be can be found at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. Just head on over to that page and you can click on the link to register. June 24th, I'm honored to be speaking for the Indiana Association of Home Educators for their 40 anniversary fundraiser. We're going to be raising some money for a fantastic organization. That's happening in Carmel, Indiana on June 24th. And then in July, the 13th through the 15th, I'll be speaking for the Chia Convention. That is the California Home Educators Association in Downey, California. I love these guys. I can't wait to go down there and encourage them. Again, that's June 13th through 15th in Downey, California. Finally, September 15th through 17th, I'll be speaking in Cheryl's Ford, North Carolina for a conference called For Such a Time as This. It's a women's retreat, and I can't wait to have you join me if you're anywhere in that area. Cheryl's Ford, North Carolina. Again, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events to register and find out more information. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've mainstreamed it as if this was, this is the yeah. thing and this is what we're talking about, which really it isn't just goes mm-hmm. back to the framing of the conversation and the hijacking of the language. Right. And we know this is Marxism, right? He who owns the language oh. owns the culture. That's what they're mm-hmm. trying to do. Yeah. That, and I see that more and more. I, I think about that more and more. They're just, you, you have to really listen to what they're using as far as language. And we can't give into that. Don't, don't talk about what gender your child yep. was assigned at birth. Don't right. say, don't even use that terminology. Yeah. Stop with the pronoun sense. game. Stop telling yeah. people, oh, hey, what's your pronouns? No, if you're a boy, your right. pronouns are he, him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's crazy. It's really crazy. What makes this book unique uh, from all the other pro-life books that are out there for kids, aside from the fact that it is absolutely stunningly beautiful? The illustrations are out of this world. Yeah, we're really trying to help kids understand that, you know, we are made in the image of God. And because we're made in the image of God, we have value, whether we're, whether we're a tiny little zygote, that's one cell basically, or we're, um, you know, a 50 year old person like me, doesn't matter, right? Where hey we're man, at. We don't knock being in our fifties. We like it. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> doesn't matter where we're at on that spectrum. And we also want them to understand the basis for that is in God's word. And that science confirms that, you know, yeah. that's what we're kind of helping them see. And we also, in this book, like we're going to talk about the hard issues. Like we're going to talk about abortion. We talk about miscarriage. We talk about um, children with disabilities. You know, we, we want to really, com- we don't want to hide from those issues. We want to confront children with those issues in a very um, and we had a lot of people really review this book because we really wanted to make sure that we were saying it in a way that parents, I encourage parents to read this book with their children. I'm thinking like seven and up, um, even younger kids. I've had parents say they've used it with younger kids. They'll love the pictures. They'll be totally engaged with the pictures. And you're starting to get that in their head. This is a human being, right? Yeah. This is a human being made in the, is, that is made in the image of God. 
regardless of their developmental level. Um, so we're really trying to, so I think that's what makes it really unique. It really starts with that biblical worldview, which this is Answers in Genesis. And, and that's what we want to emphasize to people more and more in this culture, which is, you know, again, wanting to feed these lies to our children. Um, we have to go back to the one and only authority that we need to yeah. base everything off of. And that is God's word. And so that's what this book, it's got a lot of scripture throughout it. We give the gospel message very clearly in it because because we're made in the image of God and because he, he loves us so much, he sent his son to die for us. And so that's the that's the best message that we can ever give any child. And, and we want them to know that. I'm curious to know, too, because you obviously, you know, you study genetics. That's really your thing. And as the conversation continues and people become more and more um, dogmatic on either side of it. I mean, I think we're starting to see a bit of a shift. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. what I can't remember. I saw the headline this morning. What's target up to the losses are staggering. I mean, it. it's I mean, I laugh every time I see it. I'm just like, because you know me. I'm like, I want Georgia, Georgia. I want Target to go bankrupt and I'm going to put homeschool resource centers in all the uh, all the empty <laughs> Target buildings in America. I feel like that could preach, you know, we could go somewhere with it. Mm-hmm. So I think people are starting to push back on it. You saw what happened with Elon Musk over the weekend when they tried to put out what is a woman and then yep. Twitter uh, banned them for misgendering and squashed the reach. And then uh, Elon was like, no, dude. And he tweeted it from his own account. I know. Crazy. But I think it has passed up the most downloaded documentary in human history now. And it tells me that people really are hungry for truth right. because this really is it's either true or it isn't. And we've been told now that truth is subjective. What is the argument going forward that we get, we base things on the truth of God's word so that parents as they're talking to children or they're talking to the woke teenager that comes home from some woke broken university campus, where do we start these conversations so that we are engaging this generation, the rising generation with truth and love like Jesus did? Mm -hmm. I think we, you know, we, we have to address what's going on. Like we do, I think we yeah. too, we need to make sure that we show compassion because there are people that are struggling with these issues like yep. homosexuality and transgender, because I think we have to focus really on identity. You know, you know who are we? I mean, yeah. um, are, do we define ourselves? Does culture define us? Like what defines us? And, um, and the one that created us is the only one that has the right to define us. And he defines us in scripture. So I think we need to be thinking more about you know, looking at those things in scripture and thinking about how God talks about us. Um, and, and I think that is really key. It, I think the key is it's the gender issue. I think is just one aspect of identity and, and it's trying to another way to, you know, that I can grasp on and identify myself and, and live out my own truths and my own ideas. It's just, it's just part of that spectrum, so to speak of, I think how people like, even you got people identifying as cats, you know, so yeah. it's not just, it's not just gender related, right? It's, I want to define me and yeah. it's, but, but we need to go back. again. Scripture says, you know, we don't have a right to do that because our loving creator created us as a male or a female to glorify him. That is what is our purpose in life? You know, what, what are we supposed to be living out? And, and we can find all of those things in scripture. So I think that's what we need to be thinking about. Like I say, I think gender is just kind of one area that we're really seeing a lot in, but it's really about who are we? Um, and, and we are in, you know, God has to define that. Yeah, that's right. You guys made a point to touch on miscarriage. This is something I don't see very often in books that are pro-life, especially books that are geared toward children. And this is, these are things that we don't like to really talk about because they are so painful. And the abortion debate has really sucked the oxygen out of the room when it comes to the preciousness of the unborn. 
But there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of women every day that lose children to miscarriage. How did you frame that in the book? Yeah, we want to talk about that, you know, sometimes, um, sadly, because we live in a fallen world, right? These things happen. And, um, but that, and we talk a little bit about, you know, the Bible doesn't say specifically um, that children go to heaven when they die, but there is plenty of evidence in scripture that, that that's what happens. You know, we can be, we can be really confident in that answer. Um, just, and we give a couple of scripture passages that talk about that so that we can be confident that that child is with God and will be reunited with them someday. If we know Christ as our savior, um, I would mention another resource uh, for parents that um, have, have miscarriages and are trying to explain this to their children. We saw another book called The Moon is Always Round. And I, I mean, I've never had a miscarriage, but I'm telling you, reading that book, I just cry because mm-hmm. I, it, is the most, it is one of the most beautiful books. The Moon is Always, basically the idea the father goes through trying to explain this to his son, that even though the moon sometimes doesn't look round, and because it's, you know, the shadows and it's being, you know, we see it just as a crescent or something. It's always round. And his idea is the moon is always round and God is always good. Mm. And even when, and he just keeps saying that over and over to his son. So even when it doesn't look like it, God is good. And so I think that's another great resource. I've recommended it multiple times because I just think it's, um, because this is something that I can't even imagine, you know, it would be hard to explain to a young child what has happened. And so there's, so our book talks about it, but also that book does as well. And it doesn't um, take away, I think, from the preciousness of human life. I mean, the fact that now in the culture, the abortion pill has become so prevalent and these women are having their babies on toilets and flushing these little babies down the toilet. It is so sad what, what we've done. And we have the opportunity to really inoculate our kids against this callousness towards human life. It goes, and you didn't talk about this in the book. Honestly, Georgia, here's the next one. You should, you guys should tackle uh, the topic of euthanasia, um, assisted suicide. I was listening to a guy up in um, Canada yesterday and, yeah. you know, for for an entire hour and a half, he talked to this woman and that is her job. You know, um, they don't even call it assisted suicide anymore. They have another woke term for it, but she was saying mm-hmm. how precious it is to be able to be with these people when they die and all this stuff. And I'm like, boy. You know, who gets to decide when we go home? If we decide, then the Bible says it's murder, right? Or suicide. What is a a good way? Because it goes back to the preciousness of life. Are we made in the image of God? Whose decision is it? Who determines life and death? Mm -hmm. Uh, According to God's word, it's God. How do you frame that discussion? Yeah, I think, again, I mean, we need to, our society's kind of said, well, elderly people, well, they're not you know, they're not doing things, they're not contributing to the gross national product. And, 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 you know, in a lot of homes, even they're seen as a burden, because children have to then take care of their parents and things. But again, one of the things we bring out in the book, it doesn't matter our, our, our age or our level of development, right? Yeah, if that yeah. Or, or, or that, our so-called quality of life, you know, whatever right. that is. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could use the same argument. I mean, they use the same argument to euthanize babies. I mean, and to put them to death because their quality of life is going to be really poor. So we just need it. But again, that's, we don't decide that we're not the creator. I mean, we, yes, these children are, 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 you know, we participate in that process, so to speak, but God is their ultimate creator. So we don't have a right to say that this life is more valuable than this life just because of what they do, because the image of God well, I think it is carried out as part of um, what we do, it's an indelible stamp on yeah. us, 
we are made in the image of God, regardless of our, our abilities or disabilities or any of those things. It's just a part of us. And it's part, it's, it's, it is us. It's who we are. And so, so no matter what we show on the outside or what we're able to do or not do, doesn't make a difference for that. Yeah. Cause it really, at the end of the day, it goes back to the preciousness of life. Yeah. And we either honor life and we believe it's precious from fertilization to natural death or we don't. And the conversation needs to be had and the place that it needs to start is home. Dr. Georgia Purdom, always a joy to have you here again. The book is called Crafted by God. Where can people find your book? So you can go to answersingenesis.org uh, to find it. That's the best way I would. But it's on Amazon and there's other places too. But um, but yeah, answersingenesis.org. It's got a lot of great, like really engaging things for your children um, kind of little booklets inside and things we've got. It feels like a giant lap book. When I, when I first, uh, opened it up, I'm like, man, this it reminds me of the old flat books that we used to get. Yeah. It's more than just a, a read aloud book. The illustrations right. really do set it apart. I mean, it's just it, yes. absolutely stunningly yeah, we have, beautiful. We have images from the exhibit. So our exhibit here, we have the images of the babies in the book. Because again, we really want to to emphasize this is real. I think even for pregnant moms, I've had a lot of pregnant moms say they're using it with their children to show what the baby the development. looks like yeah. at different stages. So that's really cool too. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to give you an opportunity really quick too to plug the Answers for Women conference. Um, I've had the the joy of speaking there several times now. Uh, what's that conference? What are you guys trying to to accomplish with, at Answers for Women? Right. So for answers for women, you know, we really want women to um, to know apologetics, to know how to defend their faith, because like you always say, you can't give what you don't have, what you don't possess. And so we want we want women to possess that knowledge, that biblical knowledge to be able to defend against everything that is our culture sowing at us. And so every year we have a different theme and next year's theme is reclaim because we want people, there's a war on women. I keep saying yep. there's a war on women and there's a war on children. Yep. And um, especially, you know, that for, that's going to focus on how do we, you know, God has designed us this way. So how do we bring God glory by being women um, and not being men? Um, yeah. and, so, and to glory in your femininity. You know, I just think, right. you know, it's, it's so important that we recognize that God made us unique. We're mm-hmm. unique. We have different roles to play. He's created us to do different things, different personalities, different strengths, different weaknesses. Only women can carry uh, babies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a remarkable thing to be a woman. It is. And so um, we actually sold out already our first conference next year. So we decided to add a second one and it's going to have the same exact speakers at it. It's just going to be April 1st through the 3rd. Um, and so they can go to answersforwomen.org to register for that. A registration is open. Um, and so it's, it's really neat to see women get so, um, excited about this and really want to engage their faith. I mean, we're, we've got a lot of people, even if you don't have biological children or have children, we, women need to know this. I mean, and and this isn't just for people that have kids, like that's not what this conference is for. It's for everyone. We got to raise up a generation of mama bears and, you know, whether, whether you got kids in the home or not, you need to be confronting um, you need to be helping train that next generation and helping yeah. them know the truth and standing up for the truth. And so I think, especially since the pandemic, um, boy, we've all woke up um, a lot. And boy. I see women just so on fire for God and his word and wanting to know more about it. And that's what they're going to get at these conferences. They're packed. We pack a lot into uh, like two and a half days because to me, you're here. We're going to help train you and we're going to help you know these things. And so um, it's just great to see the growth of that. Yeah. And then when they're there, they get to see the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum. There's so much to see. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, everything you guys are doing to Answers in Genesis is just moving the kingdom forward. It's just such a joy and a delight to be able to partner with you. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Excited yeah, about pleasure. your new book. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you again real soon. One more time. Crafted Maybe in an airport. God. Yeah, there it is. Crafted <laughs> by God. So check it out, you guys. Uh, Crafted by God by Georgia Purdom and her friend Stacia McKeever. You guys are not going to want to miss this opportunity to train up the next generation or just buy it for your church library, for yeah. goodness sake. If you if you know a child or if you just want to figure out how to frame this argument, this is a great way to do it. Uh, and it's a great cause to support as well. Buy Dr. Georgia for- Purdom. Buy it for a pregnancy care center. Hey, there you go. Quite a few of these to pregnancy care centers. And so they're a really great tool for them as well. That is awesome. I hadn't thought of that. I love it. Dr. Georgia Purdom, always a delight to have you here. Let's talk again real soon. All right. Bye. For more information on the work of Dr. Georgia Purdom, you guys want to check out Answers in Genesis. You know, I love these guys. It's the Ark Encounter. It's the Creation Museum. They are defending the faith, uh, starting where it began in the book of Genesis. Check it out, AnswersInGenesis.org. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.